0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com
0: slash metaverse impact.
1: It's hard to believe, but football is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with a Hall of Fame game on August 1st, and soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right, I'm talking about MyBookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, MyBookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sports and prop imaginable, MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints will get their revenge for the terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship. Or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots will win an unbelievable seventh Super Bowl. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? If you deposit today, MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in $100, they'll give you 50 You put in $1,000, they'll give you 500 It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling with an every touchdown can win you more money. So go to MyBookie.ag and sign up with promo code ACAA. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
0: All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I'm with Rob, and we are going to talk some UVA sports today. We got some basketball news uh, with the recruiting side. We're going to talk about some football expectations as well. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a while since uh, since we've done a pod together.
1: Together? Yeah. yeah together. Dustin had the great Carson McCorkle interview if last week.
0: If you haven't listened to that, go, go listen to it. It was awesome. He's really well-spoken, really awesome. Gave some great insight as to his recruitment and what he does and what he's working on. So, really great guy. Excited to see him at UVA in a couple of years. And we're already talking about basketball. And Carson McCorkle is part of the 2020 class. And we just got a, another person in the 2020 recruiting class, Jabri Abdul Rahim, uh, a four-star, sometimes five-star depending on who you look at. He's a wing, he's 6-7, kind of a DeAndre Hunter mold it mm-hmm. looks like as well. So, really excited to see him. Rob, what do you what do you think is the takeaway from this
1: well i mean i think it's good i guess you start off jabri he was like part of tony bennett's big selling point was mm-hmm. you you can be our deandre hunter guy and everyone you've talked to is saying like yeah he's a really talented offensive player everyone who played with him at the camps he's been at recently they're like this dude's a legit score like he can be a volume scorer but he's willing to play defense too mm-hmm. so you know we've had guys and You know, sometimes it takes guys a while to develop in our system, you know, both defensively and contributing offensively, you know, by all accounts, this is a guy that day one kind of when he gets to grounds, you know, into 2020, he could be, he could be a guy from day one who can contribute.
0: I think it helps a lot that DeAndre was taken number four this year. And I think that when Tony can show guys like, Hey, I can develop you and make you a superstar and Mm -hmm. get drafted in the lottery. And I think that's a big selling point to a lot of these athletic wings who might have, you know, gone somewhere else. Yeah. And a couple things about Jabri. He was the MVP at the NBA top 100 camp, which is played at JPJ. And that that doesn't help with recruiting or anything. But I think it just he likes scoring in there, I guess, which is good. Mm -hmm. And uh, he it happened kind of quickly, I think. And I'm not really sure why, you know, we're talking to carson and different people do have different timelines and stuff for their recruiting but debris happened really fast and you know he kind of exploded this summer and uva offered he took one official visit and that was it yeah did he uh, ever even visit michigan no he was supposed to visit michigan but he never made it up there
1: yeah so i mean literally we were only his only visit (laughs) which is pretty crazy official visit yeah so i mean it's it's wild man i mean it it did happen really fast and It happened faster than he said it would. You know, one of our last, our shorter basketball podcasts at the time, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm evaluating. I'm not really in a hurry to make decisions. And then he just kind of tweeted decision coming tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh,
0: and everyone's like UVA's got it.
1: Yeah. And another, another storyline that I think it's interesting. So his dad, you know, former NBA Mm -hmm. player, he's head of like the G league or he's head of, Mm. I should have looked this up beforehand, but essentially some developmental, uh, developmental thing for nba so you know if this guy's trusting his son to go to uh virginia you know it speaks volumes about you know just tony bennett's reputation you know just having mm-hmm. a guy like him commit so fast and you can also look at austin Cafaro. you know he did the international stuff and you know kind of i haven't confirmed this but the general consensus at least on message boards and on blogs and everything is that Austin Cafaro was kind of pushed towards UVA by the guys he was working with. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, like, you want to get better? You want to develop? Like, go to UVA. Yeah. Like, Tony Bennett can do that for you. And you just look at these next two classes lined up. The class coming in this year and then that 2020 class. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are six really, really good guys yeah. that are coming in here.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I looked at Sharif, and he is the president of the G League. And so okay. him, him being able to say, like, you know, Tony can get you there yeah i think that i think that says something a lot about not his development and his i think he's definitely an underrated developer of talent yeah I mean, well tony, i don't even
1: know if we can say underrated anymore he's just a developer of yeah talent.
0: he's a developer of talent we know that i think i think he's underrated like around the mm-hmm. states probably he's still
1: relatively young for a head coach too tony ben. He's really young yeah i think he just turned 50 so
0: yeah i mean he's he was one of the youngest like he he won his first title like i think it was like 13 years before Krzyzewski ever did mm-hmm. so I mean he's he's way ahead of where most Hall of Fame coaches are right now
1: yeah no I mean it's pretty cool but yeah. I
0: mean especially like you know
1: we we don't necessarily have to preview next season but next <laughs> season is going to be a bit of a building year but you look at 2020-21 and then especially 21-22
0: I mean I mean we talk about building look up year. where the final four is now because there's there's a big <laughs> opportunity there we talk about building your next year I mean I I see next year as a three seed, four seed, five seed NCAA tournament kind of year. Mm -hmm. I think we're, I think we're still that good, even if it's a quote building year. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So with Jabri Abdurrahim's commitment, we are now out of spots for the 2020 class. And this has caused some disturbances among some people in the UVA fandom because we miss out on Henry Coleman, 2020 wing Henry Coleman. Yeah. And Rob, what do you, think about that
1: i mean it's just how it works man yeah you, you can't have your cake and eat it too you know you can't have everything we had three spots open up for that class and we, we had four the, we had four well i guess yeah World of Ten side yeah came in and then hauser takes up psychology. i guess we had five there yeah. were a lot of things happening over the past couple months in it uva was. recruiting but you know we only had one spot left and jabri took it most ranking services have jabri higher than henry coleman anyway mm-hmm. not to say that both aren't good players right. both you know, from a personal standpoint and also from a basketball standpoint, but, mm-hmm. you know, you got one spot and you fill it up and, you know, that's just kind of how recruiting works. Yeah,
0: I mean, Henry Coleman has decided to make his recruiting longer than some other people. For example, like Carson McCorkle, really short recruitment window mm-hmm. and he committed to UVA. I think sounds like he's going to stay with us. Jabri, I don't think he would have given us that interview. No. I think, I mean, Jabri. you know, pretty short recruiting window. And we also had um, uh, Beekman. Yeah. His his recruitment lasted for, I remember talking about him for a couple years now. Yeah. And so Tony's been working on him for a long time. We got him, got our guy. And if you look at other players who we were looking at, like Henry Coleman and Keon Johnson, they both have different timelines for what their recruitment is. And I think it goes back to Henry Coleman wanting are see, wanting to see what other schools are going to offer him a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And now if he's waiting for a Duke or a Kentucky or a North Carolina, he I mean— He just got a Duke. He just got a Duke? Yeah, Duke offered him the other day. Okay. But it really doesn't matter. You
1: know, every player moves at their own timeline. And right. Virginia is ahead of the schedule. I mean, Virginia has their class completed with three commitments. Yeah. I think only—I read this the other day. I think only five teams in the ACC have commitments in 2020. Mm-hmm. The Virginia class is done. Yeah. They have three commitments. It's done like Virginia moved incredibly fast and you know I think they uh they rode the tailwinds a little bit from the national championship Mm -hmm. I think that definitely helped but you know the same storylines of development and you know these are the same it's so similar to the class that Ty and Kyle and Dre came in you know it's Mm -hmm. guys ranked in generally the same range you know they're not they're not five-star All Americans necessarily but they're top 40 top 50 and you know, it's that's kind of Tony's sweet spot right now. Yeah. And if he hits that and he's hit it two years in a row now being this coming year and the year after, uh, you know, good things come from that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just because I, I think going back to missing out on Henry Coleman, I don't think we're missing out so much as just like we just didn't get him. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people wanted him because he's from Virginia. He's a really he's one of the best prospects in Virginia. Probably he's mm-hmm. got NBA potential He's, and he's got, uh, I think his character is what I think drew a lot of people to him. You know, he's a hardworking kid, gets rebounds, plays good defense. I think that's what drew a lot of Virginia fans to him and to his recruitment. And I don't think we miss out on him because we didn't get him. I think missing out is the wrong word. Mm -hmm. We just didn't get him. Yeah. We got someone else and we're going to, the team's going to move in that direction instead. And I think they're pretty similar players, I'd say, Mm -hmm. just based on like size and skill level. But to say we missed out, I think is wrong because we definitely did not miss out. Jabri is an incredible player and we are extremely, uh, we're going to be extremely happy to have him when he gets here. And so I think saying missing out is bad because we didn't miss out. We just didn't get who some people wanted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's fine. We got a great recruiting class this year and a great recruiting class next year. I'm
0: not mad. I'm fine, but you know the, the coaches are also still keeping in contact with them. So if something does happen, like let's say for, for some reason someone leaves early for the NBA, or we get a transfer or something, mm-hmm. we still have we could have an open spot open up in the spring. But I'm not holding out for that at all.
1: Yeah, I mean you can't plan for that, no. and if it comes up, you kind of take it on the fly and you do what you can with it. And that's what Tony Bennett did this year. You know, he got Sam Hauser, he got Thomas ten Tensai. Pretty sure we finally have his name locked down. Thomas Wald at side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you just play it as it comes. So I don't think there's any. I think this is all very, very good recruiting news. Like there's not a bad thing that's happened here. And, no. you know, you obviously wish Henry Coleman best of luck wherever he ends up, you know, wherever it may be. Yeah. yeah. I think it's I think it's great news all around.
0: No, it's all good news. All good news. No bad news here on the recruiting <laughs> front for basketball. Um, but with that, I think that's all we're going to talk about with basketball unless you have anything else to add. not really okay let and let's move on to football and um football's coming up it's almost august and well it's, we're still in midway july but <laughs> it's almost august and it's coming up and we can see it we can smell it we've got some game times we've got some tv schedules coming out it's all good and i think with that there comes the the thoughts from uva fans are like okay what do i want as a fan this year from the team what does the team have to do to get me to want to go to more games the next year and yeah. the year after that. And so what is going to make a successful season? So Rob and I, we actually talked about this beforehand. We're on, we're, on the we're same not, page. We're on the same page. <laughs> and we've got four expectations for four UVA.
1: Four expectations, four keys to what we consider to be a successful, a successful season. successful season. Not keys, but how would you define a successful season? How would you define it? Yeah, I So agree. we got four things. We there.
0: got four things. Rob, what's your first thing? So...
1: Coastal contention. So we don't necessarily have to win the Coastal. And I think if the opportunity is there, we should absolutely try to win the Coastal. But I'd say Coastal contention. It's kind of tough to define. You know, heck, Miami could end up winning 10 games. I don't think that's going to happen. But if Miami wins 10 games, we're probably not going to win the Coastal. Miami's probably going to win the Coastal. But Coastal contention is the first one we came up with. And that
0: starts with the first week of the season. It starts
1: with the first month of the season. First game first game. Yeah. So, yeah, so we played Pitt week one and, you know, Pitt <laughs> I guess. So, we haven't beat Pitt since 2014, I believe, mm-hmm. which was the night game. This will be a night game too. Mm-hmm. Um, in Scott Stadium. I remember that game. We actually didn't score a point in the second half. Mm-hmm. So, we were lucky to beat Pitt then and you know, we we struggled with Pitt, but Pitt, you know, they're uh, they're not going to return for their five starting offensive linemen. They've got some turnover as far as I think they're losing one running back of mm-hmm. their two main ones on, uh, uh, the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, you want an opportunity to beat Pitt, man, like here it is. And so it starts
0: week one. I mean, that would be a statement when two on the road, first game of the season, ACC win. I mean, I think if we can beat Pitt and get a leg up on the coastal race, I think that would be incredible.
1: Mm hmm. And I should have looked this up before we started, but I cannot think of a week one game that had more implications than Pitt going back several years. I remember we opened against UCLA our first year, but that was, yeah, but neither of those are RIP. I I love that Mark Sanchez was the quarterback in that game too. Just, just all sorts of storylines in there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but both of those were non-conference games, USC, UCLA. And then we'd normally open up against Richmond or William mm. & Mary or someone like that. So, like, this is the first time we're—and, you know, this is all, you know, ACC Network. Same reason basketball is opening up against Syracuse, their first game. Mm-hmm. All ACC Network. But, you know, it's it's a huge game and with huge implications. It's not just a big game like, oh, we're going to lose USC. It's a huge game as in, like, this is a coastal rival. Yeah, so big game
0: and it kind of it just defines how the season's gonna go absolutely it's a statement especially after how we lost last year i think it was just so brutal i I mean that game was painful (laughs) to watch i was there in the rain and it sucked i mean just watching them run all over us Mm -hmm. it was horrible all the
1: guys go down too yeah yeah we
0: yeah we lost several big players that i think night. mandy alonzo was yeah. done for
1: the season thornhill got her mm-hmm. you know it was and know, bright was bryce
0: couldn't throw it for his life because it was raining yeah. so hard <laughs> so it was just like it was just that sucked The game sucked and we could have won that game easily I, I, you, I mean we go back to that phantom or not phantom horse collar call yeah and i we, mean we, i think we decided it was not it was an actual good call I think,
1: yeah, there was, yeah, I don't remember.
0: <laughs> I think that we decided, right. we rewatched it. I think we decided it was a good call. But anyway, I mean, it just... It was an unnecessary play. Was, we can say that, yeah. but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you know, just the way that game, we lost it. I think this game is really important to say, hey, last year we made some dumb mistakes. This year we've got a chance to start this season fresh, new season, new expectations. And I think it's really important to get off on the right foot.
1: Mm-hmm. So you obviously have Pitt... Mm-hmm. of the coastal teams so it's gonna be interesting so there's a lot of coaching changes coming up yeah. six of the 12 teams that uva plays this season will have new head coaches yeah which is a pretty wild stat but six or sorry five of the seven teams in the coastal last year finished the regular season at seven and five mm-hmm. there's a lot of parity and yeah. georgia tech will probably go down you know UNC with is gonna coach. go down unc well unc wasn't seven and five last yeah. year but they're gonna go even
0: would, farther down
1: <laughs> well we'll see mac brown's recruiting well at least um but you know manny diaz you really the three big contenders people are considering right now are uva virginia tech and miami mm-hmm. manny diaz is you know mark rick's out manny diaz was defensive coordinator mm-hmm. so the defense will be the same again really talented led the league in a lot of categories last year we just don't know what the offense is going to look like is it going to be nicozy perry at quarterback mm-hmm. or is it going to be the transfer we just don't know yet virginia tech <laughs> bill Connolly had a uh He's at ESPN now, actually, but when he was at SB Nation about a month or two ago, his preview for Virginia Tech this season was, Virginia Tech could be really good or really bad, and neither would surprise me. Yeah. Virginia Tech was so young last year and not very good, you'd expect them to take a step up this year, but also, Bud Foster hasn't been extended. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird Bud Foster hasn't been extended as he playing out his final years at Virginia Tech. You know, Fuente rubs some people the wrong way. We just don't know how that's going to look like. And a then, lot of
0: transfers coming out of Tech, too.
1: A lot of transfers. Yeah, I mean, you just have all those negative storylines floating around. And then Virginia, Virginia actually has kind of expectations for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And how is Virginia going to handle that? So, yeah. yeah, I would say Coastal contention. If the opportunity is there to win the Coastal, then we absolutely should take advantage of it. But, you know, it's tough to predict. So that's why I'm not saying win the Coastal, because we just don't know. But yeah. I think, coastal contention for sure.
0: Well, I I just, I mean, looking at the coastal, I mean, there's no one really that, besides Miami, that I think is going to win the coastal, besides us. I mean, you look at, I mean, Pitt's fine, but they've, as you said, they've lost a lot of players that were key for their really good running attack last season. Georgia Tech has a new coach. They're not running the triple offense anymore. All their players are messed up. (laughs) It's going to be a weird season at Tech. Miami, Virginia Tech, Duke,
1: Duke loses uh, Daniel Jones. Right, to be a bit of a transition year for them. Yeah. they were a veteran team last and year. And North
0: Carolina, I mean, it's hard to get much worse than two and nine. But new <laughs> coach, maybe some excitement in that program. But I don't think they can win five or six games. Take, in the yeah,
1: take some times to turn it. So it's there for the taking. It's open. Potentially,
0: it's open, and, I, and it starts week one, and that's our that's our point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which leads us to our second point when we play Florida State at home in the nighttime mm-hmm. and and. I brought this up. Rob, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think it's really important for UVA to beat Florida State at home. When you think about it, Florida State's kind of like, you know, historically been the hierarchy for the ACC. You know, they were always good national champions. And historically, some of our biggest wins at home have been against Florida State. Yeah. You think I mean, about the
1: biggest one in program history. Right. Biggest 95. one
0: in program history, but also the one in 2006, 2005, 2005, right? You know, just, just being able to beat a school like Florida State, I think, would boost not only player morale, but also attendance and fan morale. Because it doesn't even matter if Florida State's good. It's just yeah. like the name program. It's like when we beat Miami last year at home. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was one of the, the best wins in, in, in that I've been at at UVA.
1: Arguably the best of the Mendenhall era. Miami right. was 16th at the time. Right. They fell down. They, but they, were they the 16th sucked at for the, the rest time. of the season.
0: <laughs> But like even looking back, I mean that win was great and it boosted the team for a lot of the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean that was a game most of us had pegged as a loss too. Yeah. So yeah, I think that matters. I think that's a good point. This is actually like I wouldn't have thought about that, but then like Dustin was explaining it to me. I'm like, Oh yeah, that does make sense. I mean it's
0: even like it's even like the athletic department knows this and they've had tickets on sale. They're at twenty five dollars right now. They were at seventeen seventy six over the fourth. So I mean it was that's i mean that's crazy cheap for a game like florida state usually mm-hmm. they'd sell those for like 60 65 dollars
1: yeah well, i mean part of it is they're not going to sell out no virginia hasn't sold out a game and god knows how long but no you're absolutely right on this you're absolutely right because if you can fill out the stadium or win that game and convince people to fill out the stadium mm-hmm. it's going to be saturday night there's going to be a lot of people there you know florida state wasn't very good last year the bowl streak ended yeah. it's 30 plus years i'm pretty sure uh, Willie Taggart came in and did not take did the program. Not Well and a lot of that comes back to their offensive line they have a r- lot of really talented play pieces all over the field but their offensive line was just so bad last year mm-hmm. I mean it didn't matter who was that running back who was that quarterback their offensive line was just garbage and they were getting blown out by teams I mean Clemson smacked them mm-hmm. uh, I think Syracuse beat them really bad and they didn't make a bowl game which is crazy for florida state a team that won the national championship just a couple years ago that they didn't Mm. make a bowl game so that said you're right it's all reputation and it's a statement thing exactly like you said you beat florida state then you're 2-0 in conference hopefully if you beat Pitt, hopefully opportunity to be 2-0 in conference which helps with that whole winning the coastal thing at the very least contending for it so uh yeah i think it's a statement thing and obviously contributes to the record but it's absolutely would be a statement win in so many ways for the program
0: yeah, I, I just it goes back to like, and even the athletic department and the team, I think, recognizes like, you know, if we fill up the stadium, we get the win. All those, hopefully, hopefully, fifty-five or sixty thousand people can be there. I think a game like Florida State, a night game, uh, nationally tele- televised on the ACC network. Yeah, you know, which hopefully we get. Hopefully we can get that. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, they got to pick it up. Comcast has got to pick it up. Everyone's got to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think that there's a lot of excitement around this game, and I know I just convinced a couple of my friends out of town to come in for the game, and so it's going to be a good time, and, you know, hopefully the rest of the fans sell out too. Yeah. I really hope so. So that's our second
1: Mm -hmm. uh, definition of a successful season. Yeah. So contend for the Coastal, beat Florida State in September. Our third one, we want eight wins in the regular season this year. Yeah. And Virginia had the opportunity to do that last year and didn't pull through. Uh, we should have had nine yeah you can make the argument (laughs) beat georgia tech beat virginia tech heck indiana man i mean there's so many opportunities
0: we should have been we should have been undefeated
1: (laughs) (laughs) nc state though was the only game where it was kind of a handed defeat Mm -hmm. you know um anyway but we won eight wins in the regular season this year so we had eight wins last year but that included the bowl game i think a big step for improvement is winning you know two thirds of your regular season games, mm-hmm. so Virginia has the opportunity. Most people would agree to do that this season, and I think that's a good stepping stone for the program because bowl games, bowl games are so much dependent on motivation. And mm-hmm. you saw South Carolina; South Carolina was not ready for the bowl game, no. and you know, quite frankly, last year in twenty seventeen, we <laughs> exactly. Game. So eight wins in the regular season. What are your thoughts on that, Dustin?
0: I think it's doable, and you know, just looking at the schedule, there's a lot of places where we're able to, you know, get those wins. You know, I think you start you start with the first game, Pitt, and we've got two games that if we don't win, something's terribly wrong, right? Liberty, or no, sorry, William and Mary and Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. We've got Florida State as well, so I think we could easily be four and zero going into Notre Dame. Yeah, on the twenty eighth of September. And I think that's really the only game that I don't think we are going to do very well in. You know, you look at Duke, Louisville, UNC, Georgia Tech, Liberty, Virginia Tech to close out the season. I think all those are really, really, we can make strong cases that we'll be able to. Yeah, are
1: we going to win football games in November this year?
0: We might. It could <laughs> happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our, our, we've got four November games, UNC, Georgia Tech, Liberty, and Tech, Virginia mm-hmm. Tech.
1: Yeah, so North Carolina, Mac Brown, new coach. I think they'll be better. I don't mm. know how much better. Georgia Tech, I think, is going to struggle bad. Their defense was bad last season. And Their offense is different. <laughs> very different. I just love the video where in the spring game, they, they move back and take <laughs> the snap out of the shotgun, and the fans go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, Liberty is not your typical cupcake team just because they are getting players now. They got mm-hmm. a four-star recruit, really? uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Hugh Freeze you know someone said it really well that i was reading over the weekend uh winning football games and getting good players was never been the problem for hugh freeze right hugh freeze can coach um it's just you know obviously everything else but he's just kind uh, of a jerk yeah (laughs) and then virginia tech um but yeah i mean you can make an argument in all four games virginia had Virginia has an opportunity to win all four games.
0: I think the I think the key stretch for us this season is when we've got four games in between September and October. We've got we're at Notre Dame, at Miami, and then we're we've got Duke at home, and uh we've got we're at Louisville. Yeah, so, Louisville
1: will be interesting too because yeah. Petrino did not leave on good terms there. Mm-mm. So there it's gonna be it's gonna be a different. I don't know what they're going to really look like because they still have talent on the team. Yeah, but they were bad. I mean, they yeah. were so bad. Last it's just year.
0: it's just those three away games and one home game against a team that you know always seems to now have our number. You mm-hmm. know that Duke team, but I don't know. I think I think Notre Dame is really the only one that's out of reach in yeah. that category.
1: Yeah, and we'll see what Notre Dame looks like, man. Yeah, I'm excited to play in South Bend. Yeah, it'll be I know fun. Pe- people are talking about going. Are you like, going? uh i don't know i don't, I don't think know. i can go i don't know that'll be tough with work but right. we'll see um so that's that's kind of our third key of our third definition of a successful season when win eight regular season games and
0: we'll do a full breakdown of games and what we think our record will be in august yeah. when we're closer to the actual yeah you know thing
1: that'll come to dustin's traveling a lot which yeah it's pretty pretty good so. it's good
0: for me but bad for the pod.
1: <laughs> i'm traveling too which doesn't help you. <laughs> so uh we'll get to that eventually eventually um so which leads us to our fourth definition of a successful season what else would it be beat virginia
0: Tech. we gotta beat tech we gotta beat tech it and I, I, was rob, I was telling rob i was telling rob earlier i i am not at the point yet where i have to say we have to beat tech or else like i'm never watching another game again but it's getting there. And I, I thought about <laughs> saying it, but I didn't. So uh, we don't have, like, if we don't beat them, but we still go to a bowl game, like, good job, guys. But it does, it's not going to feel right mm-hmm. if we don't beat them this year. At home, they're on a down year. I mean, w- w- this is a good team that we have. We've got Bryce Perkins, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, our defense is going to be great. I think this is it. I mean, at home, last year was it. Last year was it. <laughs> But this year is really it. And we keep saying that every year. Like, it has to be this year. Yeah. Well, when we- When is it going to stop? <laughs> I thought it was last year,
1: man. I thought it would be last year. But <laughs> aside from just the obvious fact that we've lost to them 15 years in a row, and that, what, I was nine years old. I guess we were both nine years old yeah. the last time we beat them. Yeah. Um. So me and I got some help from a good friend of the program here, Sean Crow, on this. So we basically, like, broke down the rosters almost we're like we say we said last year we should have beat virginia tech and we should have and now we're saying this year like looking ahead of the season again tech can be good tech could be really good but like let's look at the preseason rosters like what how does it match up Mm -hmm. and we just went position by position and kind of like had this back and forth and we're like all right like what like where does uva have the advantage over tech quarterback UVA has the better quarterback, Mm -hmm. Bryce Perkins. Ryan Willis is a good quarterback. Ryan Willis could be the number three or four quarterback in the ACC. But I think there's a pretty big gap from one, Trevor Lawrence, to two, Bryce Perkins, to three, the rest of the ACC. Mm -hmm. So UVA, the advantage of quarterback. And the rest of the offense, we'll call a push on offensive line. Both are fine, but not great. Virginia Tech might have the advantage of both running back and receiver. Mm -hmm. So basically what that tells us is that the offenses are kind of similar. Yeah. You know, Virginia has the better quarterback, which might outweigh everything else. Like Wayne Tuolapapa, maybe maybe he's the savior at running back, and maybe we change running back. Wide mm-hmm. receiver, I feel pretty comfortable giving it to Virginia Tech. Yeah. You know, Hazelton, Trey Turner, they're very good players. So call it a push on offense. Tech might have the better roster right now. UVA has a better quarterback. Call it a push. On defense, though, you look at the D-line, the linebackers, defensive backs. Virginia Tech isn't the powerhouse they once used to be on defense. Virginia, I think is better on the defensive line at Mm -hmm. linebacker and in the secondary than Virginia Tech. DBU. Yeah. So (laughs) that Richmond, uh, times dispatch, dispatch article, you know, caused some uproar on Twitter between UVA and tech fans. Like, who's the real DBU? Right now it's probably UVA. Yeah. So anyway, that's all, all I'm saying is that Virginia actually has advantages again this year, like preseason. I would argue Virginia should win this game.
0: Right. But we can always not- argue. We can always <laughs> that's argue. That's never but how it actually works. If, if Virginia fan, if we don't beat FSU and if we, if, we, if we get crushed by Notre Dame and we barely scrape by Duke, Virginia fans are not going to fill out the stadium for the Tech game and the Tech fans are going to come. I'm, I'm sick of losing to Tech. I'm sick of you know all my Tech friends you know, bad-mouthing me about it. <laughs> Good thing like they suck at basketball this year because otherwise we'd have nothing right? I don't know. I just, <laughs> it, I think at, at this point, it's gotten to the point where we are the better team. And the only thing holding us back is mentality. And like, at the end, I think it comes down to preparation and coaching. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can Mendenhall get the players there this season? Yeah. Because last year, we couldn't finish. We we blew it away.
1: I mean, we didn't start well either. No, we had like a, a quarter and a half stretch that was really good last mm-hmm. year. And that should have won the game, but it yeah, didn't. No. But
0: and, and and it comes down to the preparation and, and finishing and that goes up to the coaches. And so at the end of the day, if we keep losing to tech, Bronco's not gonna stay as long as he should. Because it's gonna UVA fans are not gonna come if we can't beat Tech especially it, at it home just has to happen it has know, to. My,
1: my parents told me a story my parents so they virginia athletics has been doing like all the tours for like fundraising and everything for the mm-hmm. new facilities and uh bronco mendenhall came to roanoke and downtown and they had an event down there and some older lady apparently like kind of called him out like apparently it was like pretty stern she stood up and she was like yeah like i know everyone tells you you have to beat tech like you don't know what it's like to like live in roanoke live in the 540 <laughs> live in tech country and every year you have tech fans, like that's what they hold on to. Yeah. You know, like that's one of their biggest that's things all they, they have. They have the that's bowl all streak they have. and they have the Virgi- <laughs> the Virginia streak. Right. They that's what they cherish. And she's like, You don't know, like it's one thing to say it, but like you haven't lived in Roanoke for the past fifteen years. Right. like you yeah. haven't lost to Virginia Tech for fifteen straight years. So it matters, man. It matters.
0: It matters. And and at the end of the day, it probably won't matter for our bowl chances, but It matters to the program and it matters to the fans. And so, without, if you don't have the fan, and we've, we've said this for years, if you don't get the UVA fans back on board, Broncos never going to be successful. He's finally starting to get there, uh, especially with the bowl win last year. But, you know, if, if we can't beat Tech, it's, he's going to start losing people and it's going to be bad. (laughs) So, hopefully it happens this year because I like Bronco. Bronco's a great coach and he's really building something at UVA.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's actually interesting we didn't bring up, the bowl game because that was the story of last season. Mm-hmm. Last off season was, you know, what is Bryce Perkins? What does Bryce Perkins mm-hmm. look like? Who is Bryce? Perkins? Yeah, like and everyone's like, oh, he's great. Bronco was showering him all this praise, but like, can he no throw? No one had actually seen
0: him. Can he throw? You know, like, we don't he know. Was
1: never played at Arizona State. Got hurt. Was talented, but didn't put up gaudy numbers in mm-hmm. junior college. So, what is Bryce Perkins? And kind of storyline one B was you got to get back to a bowl game, mm-hmm. like. Virginia had not been to back-to-back bowl games since 2004-2005. Before last season, they hadn't finished the season with a win yep. since 2005. All right,
0: and it, and both of those blew out our expectations. We were crushing South Carolina, winning a, a good bowl in the Belk Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a great ending to the season, which kind of canceled out the sour taste that Tech left. Yeah. No, so,
1: absolutely. It had to. Yeah. I mean— it's still it's still very sour. But, I think. Yeah. Oh,
0: I think the players wanted to do better too because they knew that it was on them for mm-hmm. blowing that game, and I think the coaching staff really took it upon themselves too. And so, hopefully, this year we're all on the same page. You know, yeah. this is what year four. Year four. Year four. I think is the turning point.
1: Yeah, and it's you know we said this before. Like this is kind of like the most uneventful off season UVA has had in football right. in a long time. Like there's not a quarterback change. We're right. not. There's not a coaching change. Mm-hmm you know there's really nothing other than let's go out and take care of business
0: no major injuries or anything
1: yeah at least right now right now so i mean it's it's kind of a quiet off season which is kind of good good yeah and i mean different (laughs) throwback to when bronco said you know cancel your christmas plans we're going to a bowl game and we went two and ten yeah but actually this year like it's not even really brought up like it was last year like last year such a big deal to get to a bowl game two years in a row at this This point this year you got to make like make a bowl game win six games it says a lot
0: it says a lot that we're not even talking about getting to a bowl because that's expected now exactly that's expected how spoiled we are (laughs) how quickly we change
1: you can win 50 percent of your football games when you schedule four non-conference that should be beatable right those are four four definitions of a successful season we and you know everything obviously changes, and injuries will play a part potentially, mm-hmm. whether for Virginia or other schools and we don't know how good tech or Miami's going to be or anything like that yeah. but right now sitting here mid July those on, are our definitions on of a paper season.
0: on paper, we should have a successful season on paper,
1: so do all four have to happen to make it a successful season, or so like get three out of four
0: or no, like? no, I think three out of four is good okay. um so we can lose to Tech for the 16th straight year this year. <laughs> <laughs> but even even if we lose to Tech and we win a bowl game, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it just sucks. Yeah. It just sucks, like a lot. And I really don't think I will be like completely happy until we beat Tech. Yeah. Like, even if we lose... Uh,
1: Maslow's it, hierarchy of needs here. Right. You, in order to get
0: fulfilled <laughs> or
1: whatever... In order to be happy. Whatever the top to part feel, is. To
0: feel safe, you need this, this, and this. Yeah. The biggest one is beat tech yeah and i'm never going to be like completely happy as uva <laughs> fan until that happens i mean i think even if like even this year if we went six and six beat tech and losing a bowl game i think i would be happy i really do
1: okay okay <laughs> i don't know if i would be but
0: <laughs> i think i would be happy i really do i think you would do i think you would do. i'd have a really good friday night yeah. after thanksgiving right exactly <laughs> but... <laughs> but after that on the off season, it's like oh what went wrong yeah Anyway, those are our successes that we want the UVA football team to have. that's what we think we can accomplish. And is there anything else you want to add for football while we're talking about it?
1: I mean they're all realistic, man. yeah, they're all they all can happen.
0: And once again, we're gonna talk more about football in August once it starts like getting here and getting close to football and training camp and like players are getting back and working out and stuff. Uh, from what i see from what the football team puts out on like twitter and stuff it looks good looks like they're having fun looks like they're excited for the season to start mm-hmm. and, and i think
1: media days are coming up yeah acc it's either this week or next week and then so they're still not really practicing with the coaches it's all mm-hmm. with the strength coach um but yeah i mean camp soon man camps in like two or three weeks i mean we're under two months yeah for football season yeah awesome. so we'll
0: we'll do season previews and we'll do position previews and stuff like that coming up and so, look, in, look forward to that in August, but we won't do that until August when, you know, the picture becomes clearer and Rob and I are in town. Yeah. <laughs> um. But with that, do you want to wrap this up? You want to give some yells?
1: Yeah, let's give some yells and, you know, stay in on football. Uh, Two awards just came out. So, Dustin and I are actually recording this on Monday award, award,
0: award watch list.
1: Award watch list came out. So, for us... Bryce Perkins and Bryce Hall each came out on the awards watch list. Bryce Perkins for the Maxwell Award, which is given to uh, the College Player of the Year. So Mm -hmm. Bryce Perkins makes that list. Again, I guess while we're on this topic, you know, Bryce Perkins, if you want to call him a dark horse Heisman contender, fine.
0: I'm not there yet. Very dark horse. Yeah, like really dark horse.
1: like, Like, let's temper expectations a little bit. He was really good. And he's the second best quarterback in the league. Right. But like let's let's not blow this out of proportion. Anyway, Bryce Perkins makes this Maxwell award list. And then Bryce Hall makes the uh Bernardic award watch list. Mm-hmm. I probably butcher that pronunciation, mm-hmm. but that's given to the College Defensive Player of the Year. So yeah. the two Bryces will be uh at ACC Media Days together. They'll be two of uh, UVA's representatives, mm-hmm. uh, both of their representatives, actually. Ooh. So
0: We get two, right? Yeah, every team we, gets yeah. two, okay. which is
1: actually calls an uproar because Clemson is not bringing Trevor Lawrence down. Yeah. They want to bring the seniors. Well, he's not a senior. Yeah, and he's only a sophomore, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty wild. Um So that, anyway... Uh, so Virginia, best offensive player, best defensive player, both on preseason college football player of the year watch list. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Dustin, what are your yells?
0: Um, I'm gonna give my yell to the one and only Guys and Ties podcast to Rob and I. We have just passed our one year mark. It was our birthday. I forget when, sometime in July. But it was uh, our Twitter birthday. It was our Twitter birthday, but that was the birthday of the of the Guys and Ties podcast. That's when we really kind of made this idea and made it happen and. You know, I've had a great time and a great run, and thanks to everyone who listens and continues to listen and puts up with our irregular schedules and whatnot. (laughs) So hopefully once the year starts and Rob and I both have jobs again, like, it'll be more regular. (laughs) Um, But the summertime's kind of weird because UVA sports are kind of out. But thank you to everyone who's been listening, and we appreciate it, and we're excited to see what happens this next year. And what a ride it's been, man. It's been a good year. year. It's been a whole year. But with that, I think that's it for this episode. So thank you so much. This is the Guys and Ties podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. Follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or Spotify if you want to keep listening to us. Go check out Archer All Americans too. They've been doing some great stuff. Football is starting back as we said, and so there's going to be some content coming out with that. And we will see you guys when we see you. <laughs> We're not sure. July, August. Probably a couple. It's going to be, we're going to take a couple weeks break, I think. But we will see you when we see you. August is coming. It'll be here. Go Hoos, baby. Go
1: Hoos.